This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back to a instant reaction version of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, David Lake joined by Gabby Urrutia. And Gabby, we don't always do an instant reaction podcast in the talent acquisition game, but we do uh, fire one up if we feel like it's it's a big deal and i think this one qualifies as being a big deal the miami hurricanes are landing west virginia transfer akeem mesador um you know we, we've detailed a little bit about why he is a big deal um but let's just start here man uh he is officially a cane and what do you think that means um, in the talent acquisition game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is just an instant impact transfer for Miami. Uh, I think Akeem Mesador, I mean, someone that I know that they've been trying to, you know, really just trying to get for a while now. And, you know, someone that when he hit the portal, I, it was pretty immediate that, you know, this was a guy that they definitely wanted to add to their roster, got him in for an official visit. I know they're feeling pretty good coming off of that. And, um, you know, I, this is someone they're really excited to add. And uh, I think it just gives them just another chess piece on that defensive line. I and mean, we're talking about beefing up uh, that unit with Mitchell Agude and now with Akeem Mesador, even, you know, following, you know, post spring practice and, you know, soft flashes from Jake Lichtenstein. And, you know, I think, uh, I think Mesador is a, a versatile piece, a guy that could probably get it done both on, you know, on the outside as a, as a defensive end on the interior, as a, you know, just an inside guy, um, you know, was highly productive at West Virginia, especially when he was coming off the edge as a freshman, when he weren't, when he earned freshman All-American honors. So, you know, I, I love this pickup, David. I know this is a guy that you're super high on and, you know, these are the type of dudes that they need to sort of, you know, piece together if they want to, you know, sort of reinvent what this defense is going to look like in 2022. Yeah. So when we discussed him in a fairly recent podcast, I made the statement that I think if he joined Miami, uh, he should be looked at as the best player on defense. And, you know, I think that kind of surprised you a little bit, Gabby, after marinating on it a little bit, do you still maybe push back on that or do you see where I'm coming from it and maybe why I said that? I mean, yeah, I, I could see why he could just be a, uh, you know, why he could maybe be viewed as one of those top players. I mean, I still, you know, love me some James Williams. You know, I sure. do think Leonard Taylor, uh, I think the ceiling is super high, but I mean, Mesador has just been really productive. You know, I think he's one of those guys that just makes you more disruptive up front. Um, you know, I think he brings that sort of tenacity that I think Miami's, you know, just need, needed to sort of add. And again, I think he's just one of those, I think he's one of those pieces that, you know, can just do so many different things. And 
And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I like it. Uh, I, maybe I got to see it in person before I start like, you know, before I'm fully on board with the best player on the defense type of thing. But man, I mean, I think he's, he's just a guy that just creates havoc. And I think havoc wins in college football and especially on the defensive line and, you know, just getting after the quarterback. And so I, I'm really excited about Akeem Mesador and, uh, you know, what he brings to Miami, I think is a, is something that, you know, they, they really value obviously, and something that they probably need on that defensive line. If they're talking about competing, uh, at the level of, you know, potentially winning an ACC title, getting to Charlotte coming out of the coastal. And, you know, I just think, I think it makes the defensive line. I think he just adds so much. So, you know, really excited about him. So why did I say that? Right. The, the main reason why I feel like he's the best player on the defense going into this season, uh, will that be the case at the end of the season? Right. We'll, we'll find out. I think that's, that's dependent on the development and production of the guys you mentioned, like James Williams, uh, Leonard Taylor, some of those guys, uh, Avante Williams, even maybe. Uh, but the reason why I say that, right, is because Akeem has proven production, proven results at the Power Five level, um, and they are impressive. It's impressive what he's done. So he was a freshman All American, right? Um, when he totaled 32 tackles, six and a half tackles for loss, five sacks as a freshman in 2020. Um, he followed that up. So, so, you know, when you come out of the gate and uh, play with that type of productivity, you get the attention of everyone on your schedule the next year, right? So in 2021, he is a guy that opponents would circle as a guy that they need to be aware of um, on that West Virginia defense. And so I think when you go out and produce like he did as a uh, guy that everyone knew about coming into the season, to me, that, that says something about how good you are, right? So in his second year at West Virginia playing, he totaled 38 tackles, eight tackles for loss, four and a half sacks, totaled 33 pressures, which is really the impressive number. Um, that is a big time number for an interior defensive lineman. That was number eight in pressures in the country amongst power five defensive tackles. Um, and I said this in a previous podcast, right? Uh, but, you know, Miami hasn't had a defensive tackle total more than 30 pressures in a season um, over the past five or six years, right? RJ McIntosh in 2016 had 27 pressures. He followed that up in 2017 with 28 pressures. Gerald Willis, we all know, had a big-time year in 2018. He had 26 quarterback pressures. Uh, two years later, Nesta had 23 pressures. And then last year, Nesta was the most impactful pass rusher from the inside with 18 pressures. Jared Harrison Hunt, 17 pressures. And then uh, just for scale, and again, he was a true freshman, so... Uh, we expect him to have a significant jump here this year, but Leonard Taylor had seven pressures in a limited role in 2021. So uh, getting after the quarterback from the inside is a rare thing. Only special players can do that. And Akeem Mesador has that skill set. He does want to play some on the edge, like you're alluding to. But if I was going to project, I would say 
I would expect like a 65, 35 split of him playing more on the inside. Um, do you think that's a fair projection, a, a fair way to look at him and the role he could have at Miami as a guy that plays both on the edge and on the inside? But I still think he's going to play more on the inside because that's where he can be most impactful as a guy that's 6'2", 270. Yeah, I, I think that's where, you know, he can honestly just kind of continue to elevate his careers on the inside. And yeah, I get why, you know, some guys want to come off the edge. That's where the big money is and all that stuff. But look, man, I think Akeem Mesador is someone that can just be incredibly disruptive from the inside. And, you know, you're you're pairing him up with some promising pass rushers. I mean, if Jafari Harvey is who maybe he's been throughout the spring and you have Mitchell Agude coming off the edge next to him with a couple of these other guys that they have out there. I mean, I think, I think Mesador could feast from the inside for Miami with all the guys that, you know, offensive linemen are going to have to sort of account for and who a bunch of guys, offensive coordinators are going to have to account for when it comes to getting after the quarterback. So, you know, I mean, it's hard to ignore what he did on the inside at West Virginia last year. And even again, what he did as a freshman, I mean, seems kind of like a, Again, one of those dudes that, you know, you just kind of throw them in there and yeah, maybe certain packages, you, you kind of put them off the, put them on the edge or something like that. But I think as a, as an interior guy, uh, Mesador is just a, a major piece for Miami. Yeah. Go look at how, uh, Oregon used Brandon Dorless, uh, in 2021. Uh, I think it'll be similar, right? Dorless is like a six, two, six, three, two eighty ish defensive lineman that, uh, they would play on the edge at times and they would primarily play inside. And he was, so Kayvon Thibodeau was their best defensive lineman at Oregon last year. And Brandon Dorless was definitely second best, uh, big time player. Brandon Dorless will be an NFL guy when it's his time. Um, so, it, you know, I think like, obviously it's different defensive coordinators, all that stuff, but I think that's how Miami could sell to Akeem. Hey, we can use you in this role that you desire to play. Um, you know, on the edge a little bit, but primarily on the inside. Um, I also like too, Gabby, how, you know, you, you put in a key Mesador in the room with a Leonard Taylor and it gives Leonard Taylor an older guy who's produced, who knows the type of work it takes to get to that level. Just a guy that can show Leonard Taylor the way because right. Leonard Taylor is a guy that uh, takes a backseat to no one in terms of talent. Um, but he's still, you know, as a young guy, he's still figuring it out, still has to put it all together to be a consistent, uh, producer. And I think you add an Akeem Mesador to the room. It gives Leonard Taylor a guy to chase if, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, would you agree that maybe it even frees up Leonard Taylor a little bit more? I think teams have to be looking at Miami's defensive line and just saw like the tackle for loss numbers that Leonard Taylor sort of had last year. I mean, if you put even line up Mesador and Leonard Taylor next to each other, I mean, I feel like that's a I mean, I feel like that could be pretty big time, too. Right. Like, I, I feel like Mesador can even draw some attention off of him. I think that could give maybe Leonard Taylor some more favorable, favorable matchups to sort of, you know, do what he needs to do, too, man. I mean, I think I mean, I'd be extremely intrigued by a defensive line, like a four man front. That's like Mitchell Agude, Akeem Mesador, Leonard Taylor and Jafari Harvey. I mean, I, I, sure. I don't know. That, that sounds pretty good to me, too. So, I mean, I think Mesador and Leonard Taylor pairing them up together, too, on the inside. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that would probably be one of the the best in the conference. I mean, it probably, I'm sure Clemson would have something to say about that, but I mean, just from a talent standpoint, an athletic group. Standpoint, yeah, I think it'd be a really athletic group. There's that. I think too, you know, 
it raises the four defensive tackles that they can roll during the course of a game. Right. Um, and when I say four, honestly, Miami could roll deeper than that. But if you look at the top four, I would project the top four as Keem Mesador, uh, Leonard Taylor, Jake Lichtenstein, and Jared Harrison Hunt, right? So Jared Harrison Hunt looked like might have sustained like a little foot injury in spring. And uh, that's why he was held out for probably the second half of spring, including the spring game. Um, but that's a pretty talented four. I think too, you know, Jordan Miller flashes a little bit for what he is. He can, he can eat some snaps during the course of a game, give guys rest. Um, you know, you have Elijah Roberts who, uh, also got a little dinged up in spring, but he's a guy with talent. So, um, you know, I think Mario Cristobal is, um, trying to land elite, elite talent on the recruiting trail. Right. But until he can do that and develop those guys, those elite recruits um, into older players, I think the way he can kind of make up for that uh, lack of maybe super elite talent, you know, Leonard Taylor is an elite talent, but still got to get there. But I think he can make up for that by, you know, building up the depth, right? So Miami can come at you in waves of two or three defensive tackle lines And that's going to wear you down during the course of a game and during the course of a season too. I think, uh, you know, that month of November, you're going to be rolling in some defensive tackles that'll be fairly fresh compared to maybe defensive tackles, you know, or offensive linemen that they're going against. Right. And I I mean, I kind of go back to like, even just again, kind of like a crazy example, but just even like what Georgia was able to do last year, like everyone talks about Jordan, Jordan Davis and everything he did last year. He only played 50% of snaps for Georgia. You know, like when you're able to bring in guys freshly and rotate them in, I mean, that, 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 that's a benefit to you, especially when you're in a, with the fourth quarter of a game and you have, um, you know, Leonard Taylor coming in with fresh legs because he hasn't had to grind through every single snap of this game. He can come at the fourth, he can come at you in the fourth quarter against a guard or whatever it is that he's going up against. Who's played, you know, 75 snaps or whatever it is. And, you know, he can, he can just continue to get after it, just feeling good, feeling fresh and all that. And I mean, I still feel good about Jake Lichtenstein and the other guys you mentioned, Jared Harrison hunt, um, Jordan Miller, you know, like all these guys just kind of throwing fresh bodies at you constantly. I mean, I think that's how you win. I think that's why Mario Cristobal is attacking the defensive line. Maybe the defensive line isn't the worst position on the roster, you know, in terms of a talent standpoint, but he understands where the games are won and lost. I think it's one loss at the line of scrimmage. So, you know, when you have all these bodies, all these different looks that you're giving guys and just all these, you know, again, just the key message and just all the rotation here, uh, when you, when you're able to throw all these guys out there, I think it gives you a chance. And again, even late in games when you're grinding it out and, you know, this is the ACC Coastal. It's, there's obviously a lot of talent here, but this isn't, it's not the most grueling uh, side of a conference in the country. So, you know, I think it, I think it puts Miami in a really good spot. Do you feel, I feel better about the defensive line with these transfer addition, uh, additions that are going to be coming in the summer uh, in Mitchell Agude and uh, Mesador. You feel much better. I do. I mean, I, I feel like these additions were needed, you know, again, Miami has talent. It's just, these guys haven't, the talent hasn't equaled production yet. Right. Uh, we hope to see Jafari Harvey in the spring game. He was held out, right. He got dinged up, I think in that last week. So they, 
played it safe and held him out. And maybe too, they held him out because he was so good and didn't want to chance anything in terms of an injury uh, progressing further. Um, but I think you had a Mitch Lagude. I think you had a, a key Mesador. You've gone from your defensive line being like a B minus to a B, B plus maybe. And I think that's a big deal. And also too, I mean, we don't have to get too much into this Gabby, but they're not, they're not done chasing defensive linemen either. Like they still would like to add more. Yeah. I do think they would like to add more and just like, you know, just in terms of just feeling better about the defensive line. I mean, I think, I think you added two starters, right? I mean, I think Mitchell Gude, if things go as planned, I think he's probably one of your starters at defensive end. I think, again, you're talking about Mesador as potentially the best player on the defense. I think he doesn't maybe not, doesn't walk into a starting role, but I mean, I think my money would be on Mesador starting for Miami in the fall. So, I mean, whenever you're able to add two quality guys that can come in and, and start for you and be some of the leaders in the room, I mean, I think it's a really big deal. So yeah, I'm feeling much better about the defensive line. And, um, you know, I think these were huge, huge additions, uh, for Miami as, you know, on, on that. I mean, just for Joe Salavea, for Rod Wright, all those guys, I know people in Coral Gables are super excited about having both of them. So, um, you know, I'm, you know, ready to rock and roll, man. These are the type of additions that, you know, make me think this team can, you know, entering spring, I felt like as eight and four team, these are the type of additions where it's like, okay, I probably feel like nine and three ish now. Um, you know, I would still like to see a linebacker addition. Um, but yeah, I, I'm starting to feel like these are impact guys that can make a difference in the win and loss column over the course of a season. So we will wrap it up there. Uh, talent acquisition never stops, especially when Mario Cristobal is the head coach. So stay locked on to InsideTheU.com for more talent acquisition coverage. And until next time, take care. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.